0: Hello and welcome to The Next Greatest Thing, a podcast powered by the Arkansas Valley Electric Cooperative Corporation. Today we're talking with Sean King, the AVECC Master Electrician. How are you doing Sean?
1: Good Barbara, how are you?
0: Good, good. May is Electrical Safety Month, which means it's a perfect time to talk about electrical safety and provide tips for people to make sure that they are staying safe across the board in their daily lives. And who better to help us with that than you? Thank you. <laughs> do you? You are the right person that we need to be talking to, uh, right? I, I hope so. I hope so too. You there's, were you came highly recommended in the email when I asked who do I need to talk to? Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, there's a few of us here that are electricians, so hopefully I'll represent us.
0: Well, you are a former employee of the year.
1: Yeah, that's right, I am.
0: Neither one of us can remember if you were 2020 or 2021
1: I know and that's sad I <laughs> know that.
0: but you will have had a podcast episode with us before, right
1: That's right I have
0: so we could we could look it up there yeah. but we'll just do that later yeah but glad you're here with us and glad you took time um, to talk about something that is really quite important you know life life changing life altering um, the difference between life and death yeah really nice. is electrical safety. So before we get started, let's talk about a few general points that everyone should understand when it comes to understanding how electricity works.
1: Yeah, so um, we buy electricity at 161,000 volts, and then it comes into our substations, and we transform it down to 7,200 volts. That's what you typically see on the line that's running to your house. And then we'll set a transformer, and then we'll... Transform the voltage again down to 120, and that's what your house runs off of.
0: Why is it important to even understand that to, be, to begin with?
1: Well, your equipment in your house is voltage-specific and current-specific, you know, so knowing the proper voltage and current for whatever you're trying to use is important, you know, in your house to make sure it runs correctly.
0: So how would that correspond with the different sizes of of wires that people would use and understanding how that also works with their outlets?
1: Right, so typically your outlets in your house are all 120 volts AC. You know, um, your major appliances in your house are gonna be 240, that'd be your dryers, your stoves, um, water heaters. Um, a lot of people, they always say, you know, hey, I need some of that 220 wire. Well, most of your wire is rated 300 volts regardless. Um, the difference is like the current that it pulls, you know. So you need to make sure that when you're installing something at your house, you've got the voltage and the current correct. Because if it's undersized, um, it'll burn it up, you know. In the same way with the breaker, you know, if you, you need to make sure the breaker that's feeding the equipment that you're using is matched specifically to your wire, because that's all the breaker does is protect the wire.
0: Right. And we're going to get into breaker box safety here in just a couple of minutes, which I think is, is going to be an interesting little conversation. But before we, before we move into that, uh, why is it important to understand, quote, the ground?
1: You know, electricity will work without the ground, um, but the ground's probably the most important um, component in electrical uh, because what that ground wire does is it bonds to anything metal on any kind of power tool or a frame of a dryer, anything metal, the ground bonds to it. That way, if there's a short in the wire or some of the equipment in the uh, appliance that you're using, if it goes to the frame of that, equipment it will take it back to the electrical service and trip the breaker so it'll work without it but if there's ever a short or something that's the most important thing it'll keep you from getting shocked
0: let's move into breaker box safety it seems like a a very natural progression um there's a chance that many listeners have experienced their breaker tripping their lights going out for a reason that they're not sure about uh and when they get to looking around it's their breaker box so let's talk a little bit about how breakers work and why they sometimes sh-
1: trip. Yeah, sure. So a breaker, you know, it's, take a 20 amp breaker, for instance. It's looking for 20 amps of current continuous running through that breaker. Well, if you overload it for some reason, it's going to trip. Or if there's a short, it'll trip the breaker also. Um, I run into it a lot of times. People say, well, my breaker's tripped and I can't uh, get it turned back on. The proper way to reset a breaker is you have to turn it to extreme off. You'll feel it, it'll be spongy and it'll snap, and then you have to turn it back on. If the breaker still trips, that's when you probably need to call a professional, you know, find out. Um, a lot of people think, well, if my breaker's tripping, well I just need to put a bigger breaker in. Well, that's back to what we started talking about, you know. Your wire is rated for the size of your breaker. The reason I know this, I mean, I'm a farm boy. Um, I've done all kinds of stupid stuff before <laughs> I really knew about electricity, you know, right. because if a breaker tripped, you know, you just think, well, you just need to put a bigger one in. But you need to verify that that wire matches the rating of that breaker or you'll have a fire because it'll be the weakest link is what will give up.
0: That's interesting because, like, my first thought process would be, oh, it's overloading, so therefore you need a bigger one. That may be correct, but it's not foolproof.
1: Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's just like a, a – a system, you know, your breaker has to match your wire size, and then your even your receptacles. Most of them are fifteen or twenty amp rated. So um, if you're overloading it, the weakest link is what will give up. And if that breaker is rated for thirty amps, the wire is rated for twenty, and your receptacles rated twenty, which is going to sit there and burn up until the fire catches on fire.
0: How common does that happen, or how common is that to happen?
1: I would say probably more than you would expect really yeah it's just people don't know you know like I said I was a farm boy and uh I mean that's what we do all the time just lack of knowing knowledge is the big deal with that
0: you plug it in you get done what you need to get done you move on
1: right the main thing of electrical system period anybody can make it work I mean it's literally two wires and you technically don't even have to have them in the right spots in a receptacle but making it operate safely and correctly to prevent a fire or somebody getting hurt that's a a whole different thing
0: it's kind of a situation where it works until it doesn't and when it doesn't it's it's bad
1: right and you know you want to cut corners or you know save money but when when somebody gets hurt or something burns down i mean is it really worth saving a couple hundred bucks in the end
0: right right well what is your advice for listeners when it comes to breaker box safety
1: um in your house you know know where it's at uh If labeling your breakers to know uh, what to turn off an event, something happens, you know, if if there is something ever going on, turn the main breaker off, you know, especially if you people are not very familiar with how that works, find somebody, somebody in your family will know. I mean, if there's ever something going on, you want to shut the main breaker off in your house, so don't have it covered up by pictures or, you know, where you can't get to it, you know, because you never know. I mean, if something happens, you, you know, you might only have just a few minutes to turn something off and it could save your house or whatever
0: breaker boxes aren't real pretty let's be honest
1: that's correct when you're wiring a house (laughs) that is always the biggest discussion um nobody wants to see the breaker box you know and there's lots of rules you know they can't be in bathrooms or closets and uh, people just don't like to see them
0: mine's in my laundry room like i do know that i know where it is have i ever used it no has my husband yes but i do know where so well, that's a good start.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, let's move into generator safety.
1: Okay. Yeah. So um, that's a, a pretty big topic for working here at the co-op. Um, a lot of people like to just buy a standalone generator, you know, just when you buy at Lowe's or whatever, and hook it up to the breaker box. Well, if you don't hook it up correctly. And it backfeeds on the line. The transformer that we hang on the pole—it doesn't matter which way the electricity goes in or out of it. So, if you backfeed that generator with 240 volts, it's going to produce 7,200 volts right back on the line. So, it's a big safety issue for our linemen or anybody that's working on the line. Um, you should—we we sell a GenerLink plug that you can get on the website. That comes, and we will actually come and install it for you. Uh, it plugs into your meter base, and then the meter plugs into it, and it comes with a core, and it plugs right into your uh, generator. Um, if that's the route you want to go, that's a good option because it automatically disconnects from our line. Um, the other option, of course, is a whole, whole home generator, which uh, you know you ought to have somebody professionally probably install that one.
0: So I guess the, the situation where it's, where it's unsafe for linemen is if it storms outside or if it's the, the safety issue for our linemen would be if it storms and somebody's lights go out and they say, okay, well, I have a generator, so I'm going to plug in our generator in the meantime to make sure that we have lights. We can, you know, maybe get a little heater going or, you know, heat something up in the, on the stove or whatever. They plug it in and then all of a sudden there's a potential for if they plug it in incorrectly or they plug it into the breaker box like when does when does that start feeding back into our lines
1: so that would be an instance where somebody would just you know hook it into their generator and then run a cord over and back feed a breaker that would feed their house you know if they don't get their main breaker turned off correctly or um say it. Faulty and it doesn't open like it's supposed to, it will backfeed on the line.
0: So then, you know, as our linemen are coming to fix the actual main issue because there is, you know, those lines are dead, what they don't know is that there is electricity backfeeding from that generator into a line where they think is dead and that, it's actually hot.
1: That's right. Even though it's only 240 volts on your side, when it goes back through the transformer, it's 7,200 volts. But what's going to happen is our linemen are super safety, and they have to work between grounds. So what they're going to do, the first thing they're going to do is they're going to go up there and they're going to ground that line, and what it's going to do is bring the generator up.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. Because it'll come right back.
1: Yeah, it's going to short it out.
0: How common is that? How common? Do, how commonly does that happen?
1: I personally have not seen it, but you talk to some of these linemen, and they have seen it before.
0: Wow. Yeah. So what's your what's your recommendation for... If if the lights go out and somebody does want to use a generator, what's what's the best way and the safest way to do that?
1: That would be get on our website and or call the, one of our member service folks and get that General Link uh, transfer switch. And all it is, like I said, you buy it from us, we'll come out and install it. Um, it's, we'll match the cord specific to the generator you have, and it's literally just... Plugs it into the meter base, then we plug the meter into it, and it's got an extension cord that'll plug in, and it will disconnect from us and switch over to the generator in the event of a outage.
0: That sounds worth it. Yeah, it is. Absolutely.
1: I think the prices are even on the website. Also. I
0: believe they are. I believe I up I update those on a yearly basis, bi-yearly, by by yearly whenever they whenever the prices change. Yeah. It's so it'll be it'll be current. Yeah, current so information. That,
1: that's probably the cheapest way, you know, a whole home generators. Um, they're pretty expensive, you know, but hopefully we don't have too many outages, so no, it' tr- big worry for most people
0: absolutely, wholeheartedly agree on that. Well, now let's move into extension cord and outlet safety. Is it common for extension cords to last years without any wear and tear, or do they just start falling apart at some point in time?
1: They just fall apart. um you know ch- extension cords are cheap, you know uh. They get cut, they get run over, they get torn, you know, naked wires, laying on the ground. Um, I'd recommend replacing them if they're cut or torn. Now, you can buy, you know, the ends are the worst for uh, coming apart, so you can buy replacement ends for them. But if you're unsure about putting a new end on an extension cord, it'd be best just to replace it. I do see lots of times people will buy a cheapest extension one they can find at, say, Walmart. It's 100-foot. It's really small-gauge wire, which goes back to what we was talking about, you know, sizes and current and whatnot. Right. And if you run that thing like a 100-foot and you plug it into a 20-amp receptacle or 15-amp in your house and then you put that adapter on it to plug into your camper, it's, that is the weakest link. So I see those melted all the time. Really? You know.
0: How do you how can someone easily tell the the size of an extension cord or the the strength of an extension cord? Is it color coordinated?
1: No, not on the extension cord. It's not. It, it would it'll say on it though the size of wire. It should be scribed on the outside jacket of it sometimes. Or when you buy it.
0: You know, right, I mean
1: say, but, uh, but probably just uh, you know of course the bigger it is the bigger gauge of wire it is but those get pretty expensive
0: right honestly
1: but right. you know every every cord has its use you know
0: let's talk about power strips power strips are common in my house i'll be honest um i have them in my office have them in my house um they're they're easy they're nice but they so, can They can be dangerous if used incorrectly.
1: That's right. So they have a place and use, you know, because, you know, generally you just have a one receptacle, a place to plug in two things, you know, in an office that doesn't really work, or at your house, behind your TV. Absolutely. You know, um, just they have their uses. Just don't use them where you're going to have a, something that uses a lot of electricity, a lot of current on them, would be my best advice.
0: So is the is the issue that they the power strips overloaded or that the outlet is
1: overloaded uh the power strip you know uh, you have all these things plugged in together and which causes heat and heat's what causes fires so just if you're plugging in like little stuff they're fine you know but if you're going to like plug in two or three crock pots with a power strip, I wouldn't recommend that.
0: Really? Just even, just even crock pots.
1: Well, if you have three or four of the yes, like if you have a cookout or a family get together, you know, try to spread those out somewhere. They're not all plugged into the same thing.
0: I wouldn't think a crock pot would make that kind of difference. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. So we're not we're not necessarily talking about all the big farm stuff or, you know, plugging in your whole house. We're talking about like home appliances too.
1: Yeah. One of the worst things too is uh you don't ever see a plug strip in a bathroom, but like a curling iron and a hairdryer and all that stuff plugged into the same receptacle, you know, that draws a lot of current. Um, if you can, if you got two receptacles, plug them into different, you know, ins.
0: That makes sense. So let's talk about outlet safety. Okay. Um, I don't know what to talk about.
1: <laughs> uh, just, you know, if you've got young kids, you know, I would recommend buying those little cheap things that plug in. Kids are curious by nature, you know, if they can stick something in there, they will. Um, if you have a uh, a cover missing off your receptacle, I mean, those are cheap. They're one screw, they're less than a dollar. I mean, I would recommend putting a cover on them. You never know when an animal can stick its nose in there or a kid or something, you know. Uh, if it's falling out of the wall you know make sure you get it put back in a lot of things i see with my kids um everybody unplugging stuff out of an outlet they want to yank that yank the cord you know that's the worst thing you can do is back up three foot and yank on something i mean don't even grab it by the cord grab it by the uh, the actual plug itself where it's rugged and tough and pull it out and unplug it
0: Let's move into some general hazards that listeners should be aware of.
1: Okay. Um, We kind of covered it a little bit. You know, space heaters are notorious. Um, Leaving them plugged in and uh, unoccupied when you're not there leaving a space heater on. You know, that's a pretty bad no-no. Exposed wiring. Um, When I say exposed wiring, you know, if there's some wires that are outside and they're not in conduit, and they're naked, you know, you need to get those fixed. Holes in, like, your meter base, you know, that your meter's on in your house or the panel outside, you know, where varmits can crawl in or just make them stick their finger in. Um, your pipe falling off your house that your service conductors come to, which is for the connection between us and uh, the member, you know, if that's about to fall off, then um, just – you know, over, overloading circuits and stuff, you know. Uh, if you see any of those things, you know, like either consult a electrician to come out and fix it. You know, call us and we'll come look at it. It could be something that we need to fix, you know. You know, we are a member of them co-op, so we're here to, you know, make it safe for you.
0: So if somebody does have an issue, they could call the co-op and you actually show up at their house to help them out.
1: Yeah, we'll come out and uh, we won't repair anything that's member owned, but if it's something that's our responsibility, yeah, definitely definitely will fix it.
0: Good to know. So when should someone call a professional, you know, some of these things are, are fixable with, by, by the, by the homeowner, Yeah, you know, they're, they're easy fixes, but when does that transition into, yeah, I'm going to need to, I'm going to need to have somebody with, with more knowledge.
1: Yeah. So I think that's a, uh, case by case you know a person you know if you feel comfortable doing it and you think you have the knowledge you know you can do it just make sure that it's turned off and and safely do it but if you're unsure I mean a couple hundred dollar bill by an electrician or even a thousand's not worth you know getting hurt somebody's life burn your house down or whatever so I would definitely consult somebody
0: absolutely Let's talk the, about the importance of calling before you dig. That seems to be a common thing that people see, but might not really understand the absolute importance of it.
1: Yeah, so it's 811, and that'll get you had to call before you dig, and it's just 811, and that's Oklahoma or Arkansas. Um, you had to give them two days' notice, two working days. Before you can start to dig, call. And a lot of people don't know that if you do not call and you hit something, you can be liable for those repairs.
0: Really? Yes. No matter what they are? Yep. Wow.
1: Um, they will come out and locate. They'll, you know, you might not even know there's a water line or a phone line or a fiber optic line. You know, and that can end up being some big money.
0: Absolutely. So worth that call.
1: Yeah, so you can do, uh, you can look online, uh, Arkansas One Call, and that's the 8111 number. Um, and then I just call before you dig. You can Google that for Oklahoma. Call before you dig, and they have a list of rules, and we'll spell out on what can and can't happen, fine you or whatever, you know. But it's important. Number one, you don't want to dig into electrical line and get hurt or a water line or a gas line or a fiber optic, you know. The main thing, you don't want to get hurt.
0: Right, but. right. So when it comes to being a rural cooperative member and although we don't want the lights to ever go out sometimes that sometimes that does happen so what should members do or not do during a storm to make sure that they their families and our crews stay safe during that time
1: yeah so that that's probably one of the biggest things too you know when we have a huge outed situation uh you know our guys are spread out everywhere Well, I've pulled up before, and people, you know, everybody wants to start getting their trees cleaned up and get the brush, and they think they're helping us by getting the the tree off of the line or get the line rolled up or whatever. That is an absolute no-no. You never want to do that because even our linemen, they will not touch a line unless it's 100% grounded. Um, So in event something becomes energized or whatever, and you're sitting there working on a tree or whatever, you know, you there could be a possibility that you'd get electrocuted. And like I said, our, line, our linemen won't even touch the wire. The worst place you can be is standing on the ground touching that wire. So our linemen don't even touch it until it's grounded on both sides. So even though it may take us a while to get there, just leave it, and we will get it cleared out where you can go to work cleaning up.
0: Yeah, that, that makes sense. And we understand, I mean, neighbor helping neighbor, you want to – you want to be that good citizen and and help everybody out. You want you think well if I get these trees cleared out, then maybe my electricity will come on faster. Right. But
1: and the, and it, you know, you, you just it's people's instinct to want to help. We think Absolutely. man, them guys are working long hours. I'd like to get my you know I got this tractor here. You know if I can clear this out, it'll help them. But you know that's that's the most unsafe thing you can do. We do not want you doing that.
0: We appreciate it. So we
1: appreciate it, and we uh, appreciate your help, but. Do not mess with it until we get it cleared off and safe for you
0: absolutely then after that
1: it's all yours
0: you can do whatever you want yep. that's a that's a really interesting point i've never I've never thought about that before you know of, of being a, an issue or a safety hazard I've just never thought about it
1: yeah, me neither, <laughs> and that's why I said I'm a farm boy, and uh you know I've probably done some of the most not knowing. Doing some of the unsafe things, you know, ignorance is bliss, I guess.
0: Right. Until it's not. Until it's not. <laughs> well, what is one thing you want members to know about the cooperative professionals when it comes to helping members with electrical issues?
1: So when we do come out and we do say something that's not right or unsafe, especially, you know, we're not trying to be contrary or be a pain in the butt or whatever. We're actually looking out for the best interests of the member. You know, we don't want anybody to get hurt. That's our main um, objective.
0: Absolutely. We're we're here for a reason. Yep. You're the expert for a reason.
1: Yeah. And if you're if you're unsure on something on your outside of your house, you know if there's holes or your meter base doesn't look right, I mean, give us a call. We'll come out and look. You know, we'll tell you if it's our responsibility or yours to fix. You know.
0: You'll help them get in, go in the right direction.
1: That's right. No
0: no, ma- no matter what. Well, Sean, thank you so much for sitting down and talking with me today about all of this. We've covered a lot of information.
1: Yeah, and it is a lot overwhelming, you know. Um,
0: we've 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 barely even scratched the surface. I don't even think we've scratched the surface yeah. on this topic. But it it is a lot. But this has been really informative, and hopefully, people will either take will have learned something from this podcast or it might spark their interest to go and do their own research and learn a little bit more or even give us a call and ask questions yeah, that's right. you know about something that they've seen that they just weren't sure what to do about yep so um maybe we should make this a yearly thing for uh electrical safety month for may sure what do you think
1: yeah sounds like a good idea
0: see you in 2024 Yeah, I like it. I like it. Well, thank you again. And everyone, we hope you enjoyed this episode and took something out of this uh, really interesting conversation. And we hope that you continue to stay safe in your home. And if you ever need, uh, if you ever have questions or need anything from us, we're always here. So until next time, enjoy.